Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Podcast. My name is June and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life and more. We'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you'll keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow in your journey as parents. Disobedience, illogical demands, ignoring your requests. There are many things your kids can do that can trigger you to lose your cool. Whether your kids are young or already in their teens, learning to manage unwanted behavior well is a skill parents have to keep upgrading themselves in. Today we have with us a mom of two. Welcome Sky to the Paranet Podcast. To start us off, would you share with us a little bit about yourself and your family? Hi, June, and hi, everybody. I'm a mom of two, like June mentioned. My kids are age 6 and 11. I'm a very interested parent. I do a lot of research on parenting, and I also contribute to parenting and marriages articles, and I do a bit of speaking as well to train people in parenting and marriage. Welcome to the show, Sky. Thanks for making time to join us. Now, let's talk about the different triggers first. Everyone gets triggered by different things, right? And not just in our parenting. We all have pet peeves, bugbears, and topics that we are just not so inclined to be very patient in. Could you share with us what are some triggers you have as a parent? And have they changed over the years as your kids grow older? I think that when I first became a mom like 11 years ago, one of my biggest trigger was when, you know, you're out and you're a toddler and you want to do something, but they just wouldn't want to do what you want. I think that like most parents, I came into parenting almost expecting our kids to respond like adults. Like you ask them to do something and they would do it, but it normally doesn't happen that way. So I used to be really triggered when they wouldn't like, walk to this shop in the mall instead I want them to go to a, a shop and they want to go somewhere else or I would like them to eat the same meal as me insist on ordering other things but I think that over the years I realized that actually that's a bit of a self-control thing where I feel like I have to control their behavior so the more I see my kids as an individual and the more I see that oh it's okay for them to just have personal choices not do exactly everything that I want then I, I stop being aggravated or frustrated by it. I think that the key to the changes personally was uh, learning how to show grace to them because the uh, kids are really just brand new, right, to the world. And they learn a lot of things, including their manners, their social norms, or expected behavior. There's a lot of demand from them if you think about it. And so sometimes when they don't want to follow uh, what you want, it's not necessarily that they are being rebellious. It's not that they are trying to uh, be disobedient. They're just really learning to find their way around the world. Thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting, right? Like this understanding that our kids are also little individuals as young as they could be, right? Just giving them space to also learn to be themselves or to negotiate certain things. I think, like you said, 
showing grace to our kids. But what do you think really lies behind some of our triggers as parents? Like I know of a friend, she gets really triggered when her house is in a complete mess. And that's also because she really prefers having an orderly and a, a well-tidied up space. And for me, even myself, I recall being really triggered when my kids overstep on their screen time. Like we set a certain time and they just tend to drag it on and on and on. And then you just find it so hard to keep your cool, right? I was wondering if we could dive in a little deeper to understand what could be behind some of these triggers. Jun, I can totally relate to that because uh, in my household, I wouldn't say who, but one of us between my husband and I, one of us could be a bit OCD about cleanliness and the other is a lot more laid back. So I can mm. relate to that example and I think every parent can relate to screen time and the struggle behind it right now. At the end of the day, uh, just like how our kids are they're growing, I think that parents are also growing. So one of the reasons why we get stretched is just because we have a lot on our plate, I think. I realized that I have a, like a witching hour. At about 5 o'clock is when I feel really tired most of the time. And that's the time when I think my kids probably also feel tired because they start to act out. But during those times are uh, when I'm least patient. So I think that situational triggers are very real. If you are very stressed at work or you are just juggling a lot of things, the situation in your life is already expecting a lot out of you. So you just have a little less patience for your kids. I think that a lot of times we also misinterpret our kids' actions. I think that we can overread or assume that there's a meaning behind the action when there actually isn't any intent for any malice or disobedience. So sometimes when our kids are not listening to us and we're repeating ourselves over and over again, and we feel really triggered and we can say things like, I already told you that five times. Why are you not doing it? Or we can say things like, do you know how much I do for you? Do you know how mommy is already so tired? I went to work, I did this, I did that. All those talk is actually out of a place where I think we feel unappreciated. Where we feel like, I've done so much and I'm talking to you for so long about the same thing. Why are you not doing it? And we overread the situation as, the kids actually don't appreciate us. And that is a huge trigger for most people. I know also a lot of friends who feel like, and I think we all feel this too, sometimes when our kids don't behave well, or they don't behave according to social norms, especially in public, we can interpret their behavior as reflective on our ability as a parent. So when they are being really noisy and trolling a tantrum or perhaps actually like lying down in the shopping mall and losing it, right? I think that a lot of us, we just think, oh my gosh, look at everybody staring at me. Like they think I'm a terrible parent. And then we get so triggered and then we get really angry and we, we act almost as badly in that sense as the child because we're like, why are you doing this? Come, we go home and we drag them and, and we act out of character. There's so many reasons for triggers, but I think the situational one where we realize where we are at and how full our own cup is, uh, is a huge one. And then the assumption where we assume their behavior reflects an intent to be disobedient or actually showcase how we do as a parent. I think those are huge triggers. I agree with that. The over-reading into things and sometimes yeah. misinterpreting their actions, putting an overly negative meaning to it, as opposed to perhaps seeing that 
oh, well, maybe he was too absorbed in doing whatever he was doing and he didn't actually recognize what I was trying to tell him. So I think um, some of these are really good to bear in mind. I wonder if we could actually learn to have a more compassionate response in such a situation. For example, the one you mentioned about your young child brawling on the floor, kicking and screaming in in public, right? I mean, I think that's perhaps almost like a rite of passage (laughs) for every parent. And it's really tricky to deal with, like trying to keep your cool in a public place. I wonder what we could do to kind of help to bring down our internal temperature a little bit in such a situation. I think that it's helpful for us, just like how we teach our kids, like, oh, if you're angry, don't hit anybody, you count to 10, things like that. So I think that things like that, uh, like stopping and just pausing yourself, and if mm. you need to count to a certain number, just do that. I think that another thing that helps grounds you a lot is to almost like bring your world to be smaller again. So I think that uh, when our kids act out in public, suddenly it feels like this situation is more than just me and my child. This situation is all these people looking at me. But in those moments where we can react and respond to other people's stares and comments, I think it's important to shrink our world to be back smaller again, where this is just me and my child. And if you can just focus on the fact that it's actually a situation just between the two of you guys, I think that helps calm you down to just deal with it. I know that we say things like loose face and stuff like that, that kind of over-consciousness about what people may think or what they might be saying about you is something to lose immediately. And if you Mm. can lose that and just not care about it and go back to the fact, okay, my child is in distress. I am the parent. How do I help? I think that helps you because then you don't need to worry about what everybody else is thinking of and then you don't take it personally like what are they thinking about me Uh, you just Mm -hmm. cut that off and bring your world back to a smaller world it's just me and my child what do I do now and I think it's also important to remember that at the end of the day you really do just have this one period with your child where they are that small and whatever however you respond to them when they are distressed that is actually setting an example for them on how they are supposed to respond, how they are supposed to act when they are distressed, or when one day they are a parent, what they're supposed to do when their kids are distressed. So seeing that there's a longevity to your action, seeing that uh, it's not just a once-off, like I'm angry, this is a terrible situation, I'll just deal with it, and then there's no consequence, which is not true. There's always consequence, right? So if we can see that However undesirable the interruption to your day is, you can see that it's really just that blimp in that long line of however many years you get to have your child as yours. I think that helps give you some perspective. Wow, I really like that thought. It's like seeing the difficulty of the now, but also seeing that how you choose to respond in that situation could perhaps have a longer lasting consequence and there is a big picture indeed to keep in mind. I think this really makes it all the more worthwhile to perhaps invest our time or our energy just trying to understand what could trigger us or what could trigger our children and then trying to learn from all these experiences as well. I think something that I'm passionate about is the idea of personal wholeness. I don't know if you feel this too, Jun, but I think that when I got married, of course it's wonderful, I love my husband, I think we have a great marriage. But when I got married and you live 24-7 with somebody up close, 
Then you realize, wait, there are some undesirable traits about myself. Actually, I'm impatient about this or I'm very exacting about how I do certain things and you realize things, right? It's almost like this mirror thing, like your child is your mirror where every negative trait, so to say, that they have, you see it as a reflection of yourself. Or some parents also get fearful about certain maybe characteristics about themselves that they don't think is good, like whether that will be found in their child. I think that parenting forces you to be in a place where if you want the best for your child, then you seek to be whole personally and you seek to deal with any passwords or any triggers in your own life from how you've been parented. Because very easy, I think if we are not conscious of how we parent, we normally actually just parent the way we were parented. And our parents, bless them, I know they all did a great, amazing job and they tried their best, but we can all grow from, keep growing and get better, right? So if you don't deal with any hurts or disappointment you had as a child or any lack that you might not have been able to receive from your own upbringing, I think that that is where it's dangerous because we will parent out of that lack and we will pass on the same fear or the same disappointment or even be triggered by certain things. Like if mom was really particular about cleanliness, I know we talk about that just now, but if mom was really, really particular about cleanliness, like when you spill things, she would scold you, not like help you. Or like, why are you like that? You know, kind of things. And that's the home you grow out in. I think that if you never deal with that, if you never deal with that little child who was first hurt when your parents said things like, why do you do that? Why are you always like that? If you never deal with that kind of hurt, then when your child does something, you will automatically pass your trigger onto them. Like, why you do that? And you will talk almost in the same way. I think being a parent means that you constantly grow and you have to recognize what are the areas you need wholeness in. You need to grow past your own disappointment and your own fears and things like that. I think those are really pertinent points for us to all think about and to grow in our own self-awareness in. I wonder if you could share with us a practical tip on how perhaps we can try to resolve some of these past hurts that we may have grown up in as a child or we may have received as a child? Would it be like just speaking it out to our own parents or to a friend? I think one first step is actually to give yourself almost like self-care and that's not just a spa or having alone time. But having alone time, that is a quality time where you actually can look back on your childhood and just think, were there times when I was actually really disappointed or I was actually really hurt by something my parents, they tend to do again and again? And if you give yourself space to acknowledge that, I think that's a huge first step because then you are aware that, oh, okay, that was a problem for me, even though maybe I never articulated it. Because very often as kids, when things happen to us, I don't think we process it and we don't articulate it. So perhaps as an adult, you might not have even realized that, well, actually, that thing that my parents did, it did affect me. So giving yourself that time to think, that's a great first step. And then when you realize what it is, and, we are, and I'm not saying that everybody will have something, but maybe that's something uh, small or big for most people. And when you realize what it is to actually try to articulate, and it's almost like drawing that mind map, you know, like just to use an example on cleanliness because we mentioned that, or like maybe a, a core memory of the, if you were disappointed as a kid was when I spilled the milk and I got scolded and I got caned and then you put that on the mind map, you know, and you, you continue like, how did I feel? I felt really alone. I felt really isolated. And then you keep going like, what did it teach me? It taught me that I have to always get things right. Otherwise, love will be withheld from me. 
then asking, do I uh, believe that now as an adult? Oh, am I very performance-driven? What do I expect of my kid? Do I expect that they don't make mistakes? So it's almost like finding the spider in your life, the core memory that has stayed, and then seeing all the cobwebs that that spider has spun, even now as an adult. That can be done alone. It can be done definitely. I think it should be done alone at first, but after that, you should articulate it with uh, your spouse or someone you really trust. And then there has to be a decision to just forgive whoever you need to and also just forgive yourself. I think that sometimes when things happen to us as kids, the way we internalize it is that there's something wrong with me. So when you talk to your spouse about what has happened and just give them the space to also share with you their observations on what they think, how you actually act out that that disappointment in your life or that hurt in your life, And of course, there's great counsellors around. I know Focus on the Family has that. And being able to speak to a professional about these things is actually something very, very helpful. Yeah, Mm. so that's just a few quick steps. But then there's also the practical things, like the things in the situation that we mentioned, like when you are triggered, what are some things you can do? You can count to 10. There's nothing wrong with telling your kid. I mean, if they're at home, the situation is at home. If you need to tell your kid, mommy is really upset right now. I just need five seconds. And then you walk to the yard, to the kitchen, take that deep breath, clench your face, unclench it, run your hand under water, put some water on your neck or face, whatever it is, right? Do that and then go back to it. I think that that actually models to our kid a healthy way of managing emotional, strong emotions. So those are things you can do. Maybe that is something that always calms you down, like certain music or a piece of dark chocolate, something that helps you, right? Like those things, are they, they sound like small things, but in the heat of the moment, as long as you identify what are those things that help, then in the heat of the moment, you remember, wait, I have this list of things that can help. And uh, it sounds simple, but it's actually really useful. That way you can, and also if you are somebody who's like me, who gets tired by five o'clock and you realize that you're not very patient by then, maybe we can prep for it. Like maybe during the day before five o'clock come around, come up with a plan on something the kids can do by themselves at five o'clock so that they are Mm. not asking for your attention. Or maybe that's the time you actually give them a bit of screen time, which is something that I do because that's the time I go fix dinner. So, okay, you get one hour of screen time. And then everybody's fine. So very practical things, but the planning for those moments is very important. I love all the tips. And I wrote especially the chocolate one down, you know, that's going to be my go-to <laughs> the next time. <laughs> I always have chocolate in my fridge. <laughs> Dark chocolate, right? <laughs> Dark chocolate, yes. So you don't feel guilty. Just eat as much as you want. <laughs> and I, I also think the mind mapping tool is quite useful just to explore a little bit about our own upbringing, some of our beliefs that may be so entrenched that we yeah, find it hard to identify. Writing it down is indeed a good and helpful first step to knowing ourselves better and thereafter being able to control our emotions better as well. Thanks for sharing all these tips, Sky. Perhaps we could move on to what happens when we really do lose our cool. What then? Those yeah. tips that you said earlier is about trying to lower our temperature, right? Get back to calm. But what if we've already like blown it, you know? <laughs> How then do we repair the situation? Well, I have lots of practice with blowing it. So <laughs> this is what <laughs> I do. I go back to my kid after and I explain it very briefly. Because my kids, their age gap is five years, right? So I always have to keep it a lot more simple to make sure the younger child understands. So I'll say something as simple as just now when mommy 
I raised my voice. I was feeling very frustrated. And I'm really sorry I did that. And then we'll talk through it. Like most of the time, to be honest, kids are very black and white. You say sorry, they're like, okay, mommy, and they're fine. I think that when they hit the tween and teen stage, that's where they need a lot more dialogue, where you have to go through things like why you did what you did, how did it make you feel, and all of that. I think something that helps is ending the conversation almost on a debrief note with a point on what we can do the next time this happens. So something I do with my kids is like, okay, the next time this happens, I give them permission. You tell me, mommy, you're getting angry and I will calm down. So it's because, you know, when you lose your temper at your child, in a way, it's very disempowering for them. So going back to revisit the situation and then giving them something that they can do the next time it happens, I think that helps them feel like, okay, power that's been taken away from me. I don't feel small anymore because mom has just uh, enabled me to understand what has happened a bit more and I know what to do the next time it happens. I think that helps. So there's no guesswork. I think what we want to avoid is that our kids should have as few situations as possible where they feel like, I don't know why you're doing what you're doing in a bad way. Like, why are you feeling so angry? Or why are you so frustrated? Or why do you slam the door? Then when they don't know what is happening, I think that's when they feel confused and lost. And um, our job as parents is to go back to those situations, even when we mess up and then try to take that lost feeling out of them. I think that's really helpful. As parents, we will definitely mess up and some days will be harder than others. But like you mentioned earlier, sometimes we just need to take a step back, uh, breathe and be a little bit gentler on ourselves. Yeah. Um, not every day is bad and not every moment is terrible. We can have moments that are filled with peace and joy as well. Yeah. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing with us all your tips and experiences, Sky. I think our listeners have also learned a lot just through this brief podcast. So as we close today's podcast, do you have any last words or insights to share with us? I think that it's always useful to remember that great parents are not made overnight and we should avoid comparing ourselves to other parents because once we start comparing, then you will feel worse about yourself. I don't think comparison ever really make you feel better about yourself for the long run. You normally end up feeling worse. So show yourself grace to keep growing. And also even with our kids, I think that it helps when we recognize their triggers too because just like how we have triggers, they also have triggers. And sometimes you can avoid yourself getting triggered if you are ahead of their triggers. Right. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> yeah. Sounds like we are always busy. That's a parent plan. But also, I think something very important is that we shouldn't feel like we are the only parent doing this. So if there's something you're working with your kid that is just a struggle for you, right? You have to involve your spouse in it and to get them on board so that you don't feel like you're alone. I think that everybody is triggered when you're in a struggle and you feel alone. You will be triggered more. And we can even get our kids on board for things. Like, to go back to the same example, like if the 5 p.m. thing is a thing for you, then what you can do with your kids? Like, we know by this time, I'm really tired. Do you get tired too? Okay, what can we do at this time so that we don't end up getting grumpy before dinner? And that way, it feels like the whole family is one team, not like I'm the only person trying to make everything happen. So there's many things that we can do to try to avoid and losing our joy in the process because at the end of the day, parenting is something that we get to do. I know it feels like we have to do it and there are times when you will feel like, yeah, I just have to do it. 
and there are those moments. But at the end of the day, it's a joy. We get to do this. We get to have these kids with us for however many years we do. And then they're going to be their own adult and grow up. This time would never come around again. So show yourself grace and always involve your spouse. Thank you so much, Sky. I think indeed parenting is a journey. Kids growing up is a journey. And we ourselves as parents are growing day by day. In, and just giving us the space to sometimes make mistakes, I think it really helps a lot. And as you shared earlier, having a plan to deal with certain difficult scenarios or the witching hour, as you call it, can really help as well. I also like what you mentioned about uh, having a debrief at the end of a difficult moment, perhaps just to come up with ideas on what the child or even you could do next time. I think these are really practical tools that we can put in place in our everyday just to help us through some of the more difficult moments. Thank you so much, guys, for your time today. For those tuning in, we hope you have gained a lot as well in terms of tips and things to do when you get triggered the next time. And I'm sure you have been reminded today that you are definitely not alone in your parenting struggles. If you are looking for more parenting resources, do visit our website at family.org.sg. We hope that you can share this podcast with a friend or a parent who may benefit from it as well. So be sure to catch us on our next Paranet podcast. Until next time, have a great week with your family.